Hey, everybody. Welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm your host, Hamel Javeri. It is Friday. With me today, again, is Nick Schwartz, writer and editor at For the Win. Nick, welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. It's your second appearance in a row. Yes, this is becoming a thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's quickly becoming a thing. Um, so the big thing that I thought was most interesting this week in in sports is, and that kind of dominated the headlines, was the Kevin Love essay in the Players' Tribune. Yes, Kevin Love and before him, DeMar DeRozan, talking about mental health issues, which kind of uh, sparked a, a debate over the, the state of, of mental health treatment in, in professional sports and, you know, hopefully will lead other athletes to speak out about their own experiences. So the DeMar DeRozan thing, what exactly happened there? So DeMar DeRozan, uh, apparently, I, I didn't see this when it happened, but DeMar DeRozan, right after the All-Star game, uh, tweeted something about depression. It, it, I, I, don't exa- I don't remember exactly what he tweeted, but it was something like, this depression gets to me. Uh, and I think some people didn't know if it was like a song lyric that he was just tweeting. It, it, was, it was like a six-word tweet. Uh, but then he did an interview uh, with a Canadian outlet, and he talked about how, you know, uh, about how he, he suffers from depression, and he's had nights where, uh, you know, he, he, he's been feeling down, and, and, and I think that led, as, as Kevin Love wrote in the Players' Tribune, once he saw DeMar DeRozan uh, speaking up about that, that kind of gave him the impetus to, to talk about his own experience. Yeah, and that was the thing that surprised me, too, is because even both of us working in sports, I managed to miss that story, right? There's so many different things that we're focused on all the time. It didn't necessarily generate the same amount of interest as the Kevin Love thing did, but it is hugely important to to notice how one person speaking out can have this incredible waterfall effect, right? Because for all the people that missed the DeMar DeRozan story, I'm pretty sure they saw the Kevin Love story. Right, and then right after that, uh, the Wizards' Kelly Oubre spoke up as well and, and said that he, you know, had his own struggles. Uh, and, you know, you'd have to think that other players in the NBA or other players in other sports are hopefully going to be uh, encouraged to, to speak up about their own issues. Totally. And Kevin Love's first-person essay was really powerful, um, and what I thought was really funny, and I don't mean in any way, shape or form to, to make light of it, but just it just shows like how intense a panic attack can be because he describes having his first panic attack, not really understanding what was happening to him. But because he is an NBA player and because he does have access to like doctors and all this um all, all, you know, the entire medical institute at his fingertips, like he can easily go to somebody and say, man, this is messed up. I don't know what's wrong with me. And he ended up going to the Cleveland Clinic because they because he couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. Right. He wasn't able to just be like, oh, I think I just had an anxiety attack. Right. He he got like full workup at Cleveland Clinic to figure out what might have been wrong with him. Um, and other people just don't have access to those resources whatsoever. Well, what I thought was really interesting was, you know, despite the fact that Kevin Love has uh, better access to resources than most uh, people on Earth, you know, he, he said that he had never seen a therapist before. You know, he, after this incident, he went and saw a therapist, and I don't think he meant uh, like a sports psychologist. I think he, he saw like a regular psychologist, uh, 
which is something he had never done before or never thought about before, uh, which struck me as strange because you would think that NBA teams would kind of be offering those types of services at a regular interval. Uh, I looked up and found some LA Times story from 2015 that said that half the teams in the league had psychologists on call or on staff. But from what, Kel- what, from what Kevin Love wrote, it didn't really sound like uh, the Cavaliers were the type of team where you know players are having regular meetings with psychologists, which to me seems like something that kind of should be the norm. I 100% agree with you. And that was the thing that I realized from his essay too, right? Because in his essay, he says, I'm not recommending that everyone go see a therapist, which I disagree with. I'm a big proponent of like everyone just going to a therapist. But the easy way around this is that you just make these visits mandatory for players on your team. That way there's no, um, you know, there's no stigma attached to it. Like, because you can change a person's attitude, but it's very hard to change the overall culture, right? So if you take out the stigma, it's just that everybody goes for checkups or, you know, a quick top-off. People who have issues can kind of follow up and realize that, okay, these resources are available to me. Yeah, I mean, we've heard over the years about athletes, you know, speaking with sports psychologists to get over, you know, the yips or some kind of uh, you know, if they choke in a game or something and they have to get over that mentally. But you, we, we've never really heard about uh, players just going to therapy all the time. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it should be normal because they lead such abnormal lives. I mean, everything they do is under the microscope. They're under, like, you know, an incredible amount of pressure every day of their lives. Uh, if anybody needs to see a therapist, it, it's probably professional athletes. Totally agree. Even, you know, guys in minor leagues and who are trying to work their way up, all of their all of their successes and failures are analyzed by so many people. They're so visible that has to that has to impact them. And to kind of pretend that it doesn't uh, is doing a disservice to, to athletes um, in, in general. I know that the NHL, there was a related article kind of related to this in uh, ESPN, where Greg Wazinski wrote about how the NHLPA like has a program to help athletes adjust to life after the league. Um, but the takeaway was that they just had trouble getting people interested because athletes themselves just didn't want to think about this. And I think that might be one of those barriers as well, right? You know, um, Kevin Love talked about how there was, he was so trying to focus on his career and he just thought that he had to be a certain kind of man that it would never even occur to him to go see a therapist or to think that that was okay. Right. So if you, you can't, you've got to be able to change that culture where athletes think that this is something that I just need to do as a part of my well being. Um, and I think in any league, it's hard to make that switch wholesale. Yeah. You know, I, when I was looking stuff up uh, around this issue, I saw in the NFL, they launched something called the total wellness initiative. Uh, total wellness initiative in 2012 where they had uh, it sounded like they had psychologists train a bunch of people from every team about how to deal with mental health issues but it it didn't to me sound the same as you know a team actually having a psychologist on staff or Mm -hmm. or kind of maybe I'm not sure it needs to be mandatory but you know strongly encouraging every player you know we have this guy or this woman on staff you know, let's work it into your schedule where you can meet with them once a week. Yeah, and 
my thing with making it mandatory is that then it just takes away the stigma, right? If you have, even if it's just two meetings a year, if you kind of go to a therapist twice a year or twice during the season, then people feel less like they're the odd person out. Um, that was my only suggestion. Not that you should force people to do that, but that way if you, it puts everybody on the same field, at least at the beginning. Um, or, or at least maybe mandate a first visit. Yeah. You know, do, do it once, see if it's something that it, you're interested in, and then you, you move on from there. Yeah, and there's so many ways for therapists and athletes to kind of stay in touch. And I think you made an important distinction with it being not just a sports psychologist, right? Somebody that is not just interested in your game or how to how to make sure that you perform best on the court, but is interested in your life away from basketball or football or hockey. Um, all right, before we move on to our next topic, we are going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors at Quicken Loans. Support for the For the Win podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com FTW. That's rocketmortgage.com FTW. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. And we're back. Nick, what else has been going on? I've heard Tiger Woods is on comeback number 18. Yes, Tiger Woods. And it seems to actually be the real comeback this time. Tiger Woods right now, uh, as we as we are talking, isn't in the lead of, of the uh, PGA Tour tournament in Florida right now. But he's he was when he finished his round. He's probably going to end up being a couple shots back uh, by tomorrow. But yeah, it looks like Tiger Woods, uh, 42-year-old Tiger, who had back surgery to fuse his spine a year ago or something like that, could actually win a golf tournament by Sunday. He really has had a tough go of it lately. And I know that there have been a lot of false starts to his recovery. Um, it seems like every time he gets close to either winning something, his back acts up or I think maybe a year and a half ago, he kind of took some time away to deal with the dependence on prescription medication. But this time, it looks like he might actually win. It does. And and I think what's been interesting to me is, you know, obviously golf, Tiger Woods is like one of the most popular athletes on earth. So obviously golf fans are going to be excited. But so many professional golfers, uh, be it from the PGA Tour or the LPGA or the European Tour, are like live tweeting his rounds, and they're all just so excited uh, because he's, you know, he, he's he's an idol for most of the players under thirty on tour right now. 
And I, I saw that video of the little fan who was very excited to get Tiger Woods' autograph. So it looks like even being out of the spotlight for as long as he has been, out of the golf spotlight, right? It doesn't look like his popularity has diminished in any way. No, I think it's interesting because the past couple of years when Tiger has been kind of out of the spotlight, uh, golf writers and, and talking heads and stuff have been trying to sell this narrative that, that like golf is in a fine place and you know all these young players that are so good are, are it's just as exciting as when Tiger was around but like that's I mean we see in two days that's clearly not the case like golf is in such a different place when Tiger is around and playing well um, so yeah with with Phil Mickelson winning last week and Tiger you know in the hunt this week it's just gonna it's leading up to this Masters tournament that's gonna be like the must watch golf event of the year even though it already is. Do you think that Tiger goes to the Masters? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's kind of made it clear that, like, you know, all these tournaments that he's playing right now are are just kind of preparation for him to, to get back to Augusta uh, in April. And and does he doesn't need to qualify, right? Because he's Tiger, they're going to take him? Well, since he's won the Masters before, it, if, if you've won the Masters in your career, you get to play there forever until you die. Um, which is which is fun because you always see like Larry Mize will play every year. You, you'll see these guys who are like sixty years old playing in the Masters, uh, and they're not particularly good, but they just do it because you know they still have that eligibility. So basically, Tiger could play in the in the Masters until he's seventy if he wants to. Do you think that he is going to be competitive in the Masters, or is it too early to tell? Uh I mean, he was competitive uh, a couple of years ago when he wasn't uh, particularly good anywhere else. I, I think, you know, the Augusta is interesting because, you know, you, you commonly see some of those old guys who still have eligibility, like uh, Fred Couples or something, they'll be in contention where they're not particularly good anywhere else. So I, th I think Tiger will be uh, in contention, you know, whether or not he's going to win. I, I don't know, but he certainly looks really good this week. Uh, I think if he wins this weekend, then, I mean, he'll certainly be the betting favorite. Uh, but, yeah, I would say he has a pretty good shot. All right, moving on to the next thing, Steph Curry and his woeful ankle. What are your takes on that? Yeah, so Steph Curry sprained his ankle uh, again last night. That's the second time in the last six days, I think, that he sprained his ankle uh, and it's something like the fourth time this season. And I wrote about this this, this morning. Um, you know, when you look back, you know, he had ankle surgery in, I think, 2011, and everybody was kind of worried about him then. But in the last five seasons, he's barely missed any games in the regular season. This year, all of a sudden, all these ankle injuries are cropping up again. Uh, and he's not going to be playing. He'll, he'll miss the next two games at least. But, you know, it's a worrying trend for Warriors fans such as yourself, Emily. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a Warriors fan as much as I am a Steve Kerr <laughs> fan. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the big topic I saw on, on First Take and, and shows like that today. Are, you know, are the Warriors going to be able to survive without Steph Curry? Uh, and with the Rockets kind of emerging in the West, I'm not sure they will. Well, are you talking about playoff implications? Because that seems like quite a ways away. Uh, well, 
it, it is a ways away, but but right now the Warriors are kind of battling with the Rockets for for home court in the playoffs. So Steph Curry being out, if he misses you know a sizable amount of games, even if he's healthy by the time the playoffs roll around, they might have lost home court, you know, just because he's been out. Okay, well, I can see how that would be concerning to some Warriors fans, but it's definitely not a worst-case scenario for the Warriors, um, even though we are worried about Steph's ankle. You know, he should do tree poses. If you are into yoga, tree pose is really good for your ankles because it helps strengthen them. So that's my pro tip advice to Steph Curry. That's good. Maybe you should reach out to the Warriors and, like, (laughs) offer to Skype with with Steph or something. Yeah, I'll show him the proper way to do a tree pose. All right, Nick, thanks for hanging out. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.